Hello and a warm welcome back to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. So this week we have a return guest. You may remember the last time that Emma Mumford came on and she talked a lot about manifesting and money mindset. Well, I'm pleased to say that Emma is back again. And if you don't know Emma, she's also known as the Spiritual Queen. She's the UK's leading law of attraction expert. She's an award-winning life coach. She's a twice best-selling author. She has just written her third book and we are publishing buddies because she also has Watkins Publishing as her publisher, um, as do I. So it's lovely to speak to a fellow author from the same publisher. She does lots of speaking. Um, She's a law of attraction YouTuber. She is the podcast host of the Spiritual Queen's Badass podcast, which I have recently recorded an episode with her on. And she's an all-round lovely, lovely person. And in this episode, we really delve into the title of her new book, which is Hurt, Healing or Healed. And it is a wonderful, wonderful podcast because she really talks in a very open, honest, but also clear way about each of those three stages and how we can recognise if we are in those stages, when we're in those stages and how to navigate through those stages. So I know you're going to absolutely enjoy it. And if you don't already know about Soul Purpose Business, which is my wonderful new venture, which I am really loving sharing and offering, then I would definitely recommend you have a little explore of it. So you can head to Soul Purpose Business Instagram and follow that page. It is also the same on TikTok, Soul Purpose Business, and on Facebook, Soul Purpose Business, and also on my YouTube channel, so Face Yoga Expert, every week I put out a Soul Purpose Business video. So loads of places where you can start to delve in to the sort of business coaching side of things that I'm offering at the moment. And I am currently on session nine of the 10 session Be Your Own Brand course, which I'm teaching live at the moment, but it's all getting recorded and it's going to be packaged together beautifully for you to use as a self-study course. And it is just packed Full of transformative information to really help you understand your soul purpose, to really navigate your way through social media in a very conscious and soulful way. I also talk a lot about tips and techniques and structures and strategies you can do to grow your brand and grow your business. But all of this is very much mixed in with using your intuition. We go through each of the seven chakras. We work with a line in the chakras. And we also really understand how each of those chakras are very related to aspects of ourselves and aspects of our business. And when we delve into really working with aligning those chakras, how that can help us really grow our business to where we want it to be, to really meet our goals and to do all of this in a really soulful way. So if you fancy doing that course, it is actually coming out September the 13th. That's the big launch date for it. And a little heads up, I will be giving more information on this very soon, particularly if you're on my newsletter. If you're not, by the way, you can sign up for that on the show notes. But in my newsletter, I will be telling you very soon about an amazing free webinar I am going to be doing, which really helps you delve into your business in a very soulful way. And it's a great way to learn a little bit more about the 10 session Be Your Own Brand course and start to understand if it is for you. 
So go to yoursoulpurposebusiness.com and all the information of everything I've just talked about is on there. But without further ado, let's get into this week's episode with the lovely Emma. Emma, a warm welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you today? Thanks so much for having me again, Danielle. I'm so excited to come back and chat to you and yeah, talk all things new book, which is exciting. I'm I good. Know. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. And congratulations on your new book. So, so exciting. Thank you. I'm so excited. And it's coming out October. Is that right? Yes. 11th of October. So not long now. Amazing. Now tell us a little bit about it. The title is Hurt Healing healed (laughs) is that correct yes tell us a little bit about it yeah exactly (laughs) um yeah so the name and obviously the book um came through gosh two years ago now and it was right after I finished writing Positively Wealthy and I knew that I wanted to write a book on love ironically like years ago even before the first book and I thought like that's ridiculous Emma you're so young like full transparency here. Relationships have been the biggest challenge of my spiritual journey. So are you sure that's very sensible? So I always just had this like intuitive hit of, I'm going to write a book on love, but had no idea when, no idea how. And I thought it was a ridiculous idea at the time. So I thought it was actually going to be the second book, this book. And ironically, Positively Wealthy came through first. And then I realized afterwards why that was so needed, because it really was that if you're a beginner to the law of attraction or you're a pro, you're an expert and you want that fun guide and you want to learn how to reevaluate your version of wealth, like so needed. And like, obviously that book's been out two years now and, you know, it's done so incredibly well. People are loving it. So I realized like, yes, that absolutely was the first book because this is almost like that next step as such, like the internet intermediate manifester who's hitting some blocks or they've done positively wealthy or they've read the secret or whatever and they're thinking right why are my biggest desires not manifesting why do I have these pesky limiting beliefs and fears why do I feel blocked like I'm trying everything Emma why are my desires not manifesting so this is that book because a few years ago I was that person who was like okay like I'm aware of the inner work I know that it's important it's coming up for me I'm working through it but why are my biggest desires not manifesting like what's the problem here and I really found like a big problem or a frustration we'll call it in the spiritual and law of attraction sphere where I was reading these books and listening to these teachings or old school teachings that were saying you know just think positive vibes only positive thoughts don't think negative thoughts you know they'll manifest and that creates so much fear and so much pressure on people as well to you know think positive thoughts all the time and I really thought or I felt that it was actually really hindering me listening to that advice rather than actually facing the thought and working through it healing it and realizing that that's the the real secret to the law of attraction. So I went along this deep, deep journey over a couple of years to really heal the limiting beliefs and blocks within myself, to heal the trauma that I had there for a very long time that I had no idea about. During this book, I got diagnosed with PTSD as well. Again, total shock to me because I had no awareness that that's what these feelings were or these blocks as such. So I went and field tested a ton of modalities. I went and experienced and lived this journey first and foremost, as I normally do with my books. And 
it's just a great guide because, you know, I looked for books on limiting beliefs and fears back two, three years ago, and there was nothing there, nothing. And it was in a child books, it was academia books, it was psychology books, which have a time and place, but for me, they're quite a hard read. And you've got to really concentrate on those kinds of books. And I wanted something a bit more spiritual and a bit more manifestation focused. So I decided that that was the book it was going to be. And what transpired from that is it is a book on love, but it's a book on unconditional love, not relationships. And it's a book on coming home to yourself and, you know, finding peace within yourself and moving through that hurt, healing, healed journey to manifest the abundance that you really want. Wow. It sounds absolutely amazing. And I'd love to know a little bit more, really, I guess, about the title, but let's break it down. So if someone listening to this is really resonating with what you're saying, and it's perhaps trying to work out, okay, what stage am I in here? So the hurt, the healing, or the healed stage. Are there any particular signs or symptoms that you have noticed, not only with yourself, but also with the huge amount of clients you've worked with over the years of those three stages? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, everyone will experience these differently, of course. You know, how it resonates with people will vary, but I feel like there are definitely some signs and feelings that definitely will be applicable to people in those stages, definitely. So normally when you're in the hurt stage, you might feel a bit stuck or feel like you're a bit stagnant in life. You might feel that you're manifesting things or maybe nothing at all. I mean, I went through that phase where I was like, oh my God, I'm this manifestation expert and I'm not manifesting anything what's happening so you may even feel like your whole life has come to like a standstill and you're feeling blocked you may be feeling stagnant you may feel like there's triggers there so say for instance those limiting beliefs and fears I was talking about you might find that when you're thinking or visualizing your desire or just in day-to-day life you know you might have that niggling voice in your head that says you know you're not worthy of this or who are you to do that you know this is that hurt stage so when you're noticing those triggers and you're feeling that resistance coming up within yourself when you're thinking about those thoughts. You might feel agitated or frustrated for no reason or no apparent reason, but there will be a reason underneath. You might feel disconnected. You might feel confusion. You might feel loss or pain. Numbness is another key one. A seeking, a longing, or even an avoidance as well. Um, An avoidance of going inwards to say, right, okay, what is causing this? So it can look like many different things, this hurt stage, but that is the the first stage where you you have an awareness of, okay, something's not right here. Something is blocking me, but I'm not sure what it is. Or maybe you are sure what it is. Sometimes we may have a, an awareness of that belief or fear or trauma. And you're really sort of feeling in that almost like beginning stage of that chrysalis where you're like, right, I want change. I know change is possible, but how can I do it? So that's the hurt stage, first of all which I think we've all been through. And as you talk about that, I know that so many people listening will resonate with that. And if we are in that hurt stage in whatever area of our life, what sort of techniques do you recommend to sort of navigate your way through that stage? Yeah. So in the book, I walk you through a little step-by-step guide of that first section, her, like how to identify those limiting beliefs and fears, because that's the most important step to know what is coming up and what is underneath that. But I think really, you know, one of the chapters is called like slowing down and it's so important to do that. And I really questioned myself putting it in that first section because I thought, 
how on earth, and even Watkins, our publisher, said, Emma, why have you put a chapter called Slowing Down in the first section? Surely that's in the healing section. And I was like, no, it is in that first section because we have to slow down to really allow and create the space for that healing to come up, for the hurt to come up so that we can acknowledge it and have the time to sit with it. Because the number one thing of, or the number one reason why people don't necessarily have awareness of their blocks or fears or limiting beliefs or hurt is because they're so busy avoiding it. They're so busy, busy with life, busy with the kids, busy with everything. And, you know, even that can be a hurt in itself when we're trying to keep ourselves busy to not spend time with ourselves or not think about the things that are coming up in those moments of stillness or quietness. So slowing down is so key to do because we have to create the space for healing to happen. You know, when you're going through that phase of healing, you're going to need the energy and you're going to need the time to look at those things, to sit with those things, to work through those things. So if you've got a busy schedule, you know, the universe is like, hun, you've got no space for this. Like, are you sure? So the cycle continues. So it's not saying about, right, take a week off, do nothing. I mean, you could, if you wanted to, that would probably be a great start. That would probably be a great idea. <laughs> the relaxed nervous system. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, if that's not possible, of course, you know, even just spending more time with yourself and making sure it's quality time, not just Netflix in the evening. I know we're all guilty of it and I enjoy it too. Um, But, you know, spending that quality time with yourself and even just, you know, asking yourself the right questions and really allowing the space for it to come through is so, so important. So even something like that sounds simple, but it's actually really pivotal and massive in that hurt phase so that we can open the space and open up the opportunity to go within and to to heal those absolutely because when we feel we heal but I think that in many ways it's probably one of the most difficult stages getting from that hurt to that healing stage that sort of bridge between the two because like you say it does mean that we have to stop we have to listen or at least slow down like you say and take those pauses we have to go within and we start having to work through some really difficult stuff which we have both done that a lot, I know. And it's not the most comfortable work. It's not the easiest work. It can feel really difficult and it can bring up a lot mentally and physically, not just in that moment, but sometimes that might last for weeks or months. But it's oh so worth it. You know, that's if I could say anything to anyone, and I'm sure that you would agree with this, it's so worth it. And it's an ongoing process as well. This is what I found. You know, I always talk about that classic sort of layers of the onion. You know, you you deal with one aspect, you work through it, you're at that sort of hurt, healing, heal stage. And then it often opens up another layer or another trauma. I mean, Gabby Bernstein talks so well about the, is it the big T trauma and the and the little T trauma? And yeah. often we, we're working with those big T traumas if we have gone through those. But many of us have lots of the, the little T traumas and more of those can, can start to come up. And I guess that's when you know you're in the healing stage, when you're, you're working through that. Definitely. So when you're like moving on to the healing stage and and definitely one thing to add as well in that hurt phase is very much looking at loss as well. So I look at loss and how loss can look like so many different things. Many people think that it may be a death of a loved one or like, you know, a a bigger life-changing event. And obviously, you know, everybody's losses are valid to them and can feel huge, of course. So, you know, it's actually looking at that and saying, look, 
even if you've suffered a miscarriage, even if you've suffered a loss of a relationship that you really thought was going to work out, or you've suffered a loss of a dream that you really, really wanted more than anything, all of this is living grief. All of this is loss. And we have to process that. And this is what causes a lot of this hurt and this kind of catalyst for that healing is acknowledging that we've lost something. Maybe it's an old identity of ourselves. Maybe we feel like we've lost ourselves, you know, whatever that loss looks like that has come from that hurt. We have hurt, we have then lost something, whether it's a sense of ourself or a sense of safety or a physical thing, for example, there's a whole long list of what it could be. We're then able to, with that awareness, move into that healing stage of restoring whatever it is we feel we've lost, whether it's unconditional love, whether it's peace, whether it's safety, whatever the emotion may be. So that's when we really move into that healing stage, which moves into the body with that practical element. So hurt's very much the cognitive mind. And then the healing is moving into that practical, into that body side of things too, because our body stores emotions, feelings, and trauma too. And this is one thing that I feel I always missed in my healing before. Like I love meditation. I love like Akashic records, past lives, gong baths, like all the spiritual stuff I'm like a big fan of. It's part of my work, of course. I felt like I did so many of these things, but then I still had so, so much that was just there. And I thought, but what am I doing wrong universe? I'm meditating, I'm journaling, I'm like manifesting. But we have to realize that there's three elements. There's three pillars here of mind, body, spirit. And all three, we have to honor to really embody true healing and true release. So we have to realize that our body, you know, a great book that I read is The Body Keeps the Score. And it's an incredible read, very academic, very like a hard read. Definitely. If you're someone like me that loves a light kind of spiritual read, but it is a great book because it talks about how we form traumas, how they happen, but also how our body is literally keeping the score. And even literally recently, as I worked through, last year, my PTSD healing, I had no awareness of this place where this trauma had happened to me as a child. It'd been years since I'd been there. So I didn't recognize the roads, didn't recognize anything like that. And we were driving down there really recently. And my whole body was like, whoa, I do not feel safe. Something bad's going to happen. And I was like, what on earth is happening? Like I'd never had this reaction to anything before in my life. And I soon realized as we drove down the road, that that's exactly where that trauma had happened. So for me, this was like pure evidence that our bodies do keep the score and our bodies are storing those emotions. They're storing those fears. They're storing that trauma even. Um, So we have to work with the body too, not just the mind and not just the spirit or the spiritual side of things. So the healing side is really moving on that journey back to love. It's remembering love and source connection to the universe. It's a process that is always evolving and changing constantly. Definitely that ebbing, that flowing, that cyclical nature. It's moving towards connection. It's a very liminal stage where it feels very like in between. It feels very much you're that um, caterpillar in the cocoon who's like, whoa, what's happening here? You know, the caterpillar doesn't know it's going to turn into a butterfly. It feels thrust into that darkness. It feels almost like, you know, it, it has to take that massive leap of faith into the unknown of I'm probably going to die here. And it has no idea that it's actually transforming into the most stunning free butterfly who can spread its wings. So I love this analogy when we talk about hurt healing healed, because that healing stage is really in that chrysalis, um, moving towards that transformation. 
you might start to feel those shifts. You will feel tears, you'll feel release, you'll have awareness. It's working through forgiveness and self-acceptance. And it's really a state of surrender and flow. It's really where you're tested the most, I think, on that surrender and flow. So what that looks like practically is obviously, you know, working through those elements, working through those limiting and belie- limiting beliefs and fears that have come up. Obviously, the book helps you with that. But sometimes you might want to work with someone as well to really help to identify and work through those things with different modalities and I talk about a lot of different modalities you can do in the book as well um, because there's so many out there and you know not one shoe fits all some people feel drawn to certain modalities some people feel drawn to others so it's always great to have an awareness of what you can do because then you can go and try them and see see what fits what feels good what you get the best results with and maybe what you don't want to try again so really in that healing phase it's very much an inwards journey we move into that inner feminine energy of very much going with in and looking and working with our shadow side, working with our light self, learning about the law of polarity as well, because the law of attraction is one of the seven laws of the universe. It's not just one. So we have to learn about the law of polarity to really understand how the healing journey works and how, like you say, it is that onion. And I always say, how do we know we're moving through that healing phase is not by judging how often the thoughts come up, but judging the comeback rate. So documenting that and saying, you know, right, if I can sit here and think about this really triggering thought and actually... I don't feel shaken and I do feel like I can get on with my day and I do feel okay. That's progress. That's huge progress. So we need to celebrate those wins and celebrate that. You know, we're humans, our brains, we have between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day, like crazy amount. You know, we're not always going to, you know, we could have a random thought about Bob down the road and that's not going to shake us at all. And then 10 hours later, we won't even remember we've had that thought. But at the time when we're thinking quite a triggering thought, it will feel like, oh my God, like, am I going to be okay? This is so intense. So it's really about documenting your progress with it and how quickly you come back from it. Does it shake you at your core? Does it, you know, really impact your day? Or do you feel it getting lighter? Do you feel yourself being able to move through it with more ease? And do you feel yourself having more peace towards that situation and thoughts? Love that. And so, so beautifully put. And I think it's amazing, you know, of those 60 to 80,000 thoughts we have a day that actually often over 80% of those are negative. So actually sometimes just giving ourselves a little bit of, I guess, a little bit of grace and surrendering a little bit to the fact that it's okay to feel those negative thoughts. And sometimes we need to acknowledge them and work through them. And other times we just need to let them pass and let them be. Because I think when we are in that healing phase and we are stepping into all those beautiful modalities you talked about, and we've chosen which ones really suit us, and particularly when we're stepping into law of attraction and the manifestation we can think okay let's get really positive all the time and let's think as many positive thoughts as possible but actually just saying well as a human being it's normal to feel the majority of your thoughts as negative thoughts but you know really stepping into those positive ones as much as you can and trying not to put too much attachment onto those negative ones absolutely you're 100% right and you know, like I said in the beginning, I felt so much shame and fear over having those negative thoughts that it was like almost haunting. And like, I get messages all the time from people of like, you know, I just can't stop thinking about this thought. I'm so worried it's going to manifest. And the number one question I get asked is, will my negative thoughts manifest? I'm trying to not think them, but I am. And now I'm so worried they're going to manifest. And I think it's about taking that pressure off yourself. We do not live in a world of instantaneous manifestation. If 
we did, it would be very chaotic. And it then would be awful. <laughs> horrific. <laughs> you wouldn't want to think a damn thought. You wouldn't want to think about anything, would you? <laughs> so we're very lucky that we don't live in that kind of world or reality. What they mean by that, that notion of our thoughts create our reality, is your consistent energy and vibration. So if you are consistently operating from a space of not feeling worthy of money, for example, because it's a limiting belief that's in your core, you know, in your core patterns and beliefs, then yes, you will experience money blocks and you will experience things that, you know, aren't aligned with the the money relationship that you would like, for instance. That sounds amazing. And it really helps us move towards that third stage, which is obviously the most euphoric, amazing stage when we get to the healed point. So talk us through that healed stage. Yes. So the heal stage is more of the spiritual spirit itself. Obviously, mind, body, spirit comes into every element, every stage, of course, but that's how I just personally separate it in the book for that purpose. So when we move into that healed phase, it's more about flourishing and blossoming into that new version of ourselves. So it's where we start to then say, okay, who am I outside of trauma or outside of these fears and limiting beliefs that you may have been carrying around for most of your life? Like I know I was. So I then had this almost like identity crisis where I was like, oh my God, for, you know, at the time, 27 years of my life, I've operated from this place of lack. I've operated from this trauma and that has impacted everything in my life up until this point. And now I don't have that. I have this almost like clean slate. And it was a very weird process because you almost feel like, hmm, okay, so this is the actual me. This is the real me. And you get to know this version of yourself. So that's a whole chapter in the healed section because it's so important to do that. And it's so important to meet the new you so that you can embody that true aligned version of yourself and quote unquote, the best version of yourself so that you can then manifest from this space in an aligned way with your true aligned self. So in that healed stage, like I said, it's very much about that flourishing and blossoming into the real you who's not operating from those previous places of fear or disconnection or beliefs, etc. It's about reconnecting to your true self, you know, coming home to yourself, reconnecting to that unconditional love as well within yourself. You know, it's, it's an expansive energy where you're then expanding into this new reality of, wow, okay, now I get to go out and manifest and now I get to go out and have fun. So it's a very expansive energy. It feels very peaceful. You feel empowered. Abundance surrounds you. You have clarity in your life. Things feel easy. You're receiving, you know, things are revealing themselves to you. You feel that trust and that belief of the universe, most importantly, and that warmth as well of that connection and peace and love with coming home to yourself. So it's a great stage to be in because it's like, oh, great. Yes. I get to go out and manifest. And it's more about moving back into that masculine manifestation energy where we're then able to almost like come outside of ourselves again and come out of that chrysalis and be like, right, now I've got my wings. What am I going to do with them? So it's a great place to be for many reasons, because that's the place we all want to reach, right? That's where the desire, the goal is to reach that healed place to manifest our desires. But what's really important is even when you reach that healed phase, you will go through these cycles again. That's the way of life. You know, I wish we could all stay in that healed place forever. Life would be a breeze, right? But we didn't come here to earth to just have it that easy. You know, we've come here to learn 
and spiritual lessons and our soul contracts and through our divine assignments, our relationships. So there will be times that you may need to pick up that book again. There may be times that, you know, maybe not in the same extreme way or to the same degree, you may need to revisit that hurt section when something happens in your life. But again, it's about that comeback rate. Once you've got the awareness, once you've got the tools, once you've worked through those big layers in your life, it's never going to shake you in the way that it did. You will have that tools, that knowledge and awareness to navigate any adversities or hardships that happen in a much more grounded and solid place instead of from that wounded inner child that's going to react, you know, and not cope and feel so shaken. So I feel that even when things do come up, you're just able to navigate them in such a more peaceful place. And, you know, that's not to take away from the grief or the hurt or, you know, the, the hardships that can happen to us in life, but it's saying, you know, you will be able to navigate it and you will be able to navigate it with more peace. Absolutely. And what advice would you give anyone that has reached that heal stage in staying in that heal stage? Like we say, we often will have to go back and work through other blocks or other traumas or other issues and go through the hurt healing heal stage again. But I think something which I know that I've had times that I've struggled with, and I know many other people will probably resonate with this too, is you're at that heal stage with many aspects of yourself and many aspects of your life, but it's then keeping your vibration high, (laughs) keeping your energy in that flowing, um, high vibe place in order to not retract too much. And I know part of that is surrendering and feeling as peaceful and joyful as you can. What do you do personally? That's what I'd love to know, actually. I think what what you do to stay in that that healed place. And then I guess what advice you would, would give other people would be great to hear too. Mm, Definitely. And I think from a personal aspect, I think it's been really important in my healing journey and in that healed phase to remember I'm not going backwards. So even if something does come up, a layer or a thought or an aspect or something, you know, which feels connected, but it's actually not later on down the line, you know, it's remembering that I am in that healed place. I'm not where I was two years ago, three years ago, nine years ago when I was in that hurt phase. So I think it's about definitely remembering that, that you're always moving forward. You're not going backwards and the cycles are a part of our life you know we have inner cycles within ourselves winter summer autumn spring etc we have outer seasons in the physical like in august we're here in the summer in the northern hemisphere right now as women we also go through our own inner seasons with our menstrual cycle and things so everything is cyclical and we would never ever know what a good day is without a bad day. We would never know what true appreciation and gratitude feels like without knowing the opposite. So we need this law of polarity to experience the whole balance or, or you know, that yin-yang energy of divine masculine, feminine, love, light, shadow, darkness. Like we need all of this law of polarity to be able to experience that equilibrium and to be able to experience that peace within ourselves. So it's it's always remembering like you're going to have that shadow self for the rest of your life. But the shadow self is not anything to be feared. It's not anything to hate on or want to diminish completely it's a part that just needs to be loved. It's part of you that just needs to be held and have light shone on it to come back into that peaceful stage. 
So there is a whole chapter in the last section about maintaining momentum, because of course, you don't just want to like with any book, you know, pick it up and do it and then forget all about it and think, oh, why do I not feel as good or as, you know, sparkly as I did when reading that book? And it's all about momentum, but making it manageable for you. So my personal practice is obviously a lot about honoring myself. So if anything does come up, I sit with it. I honor it. I talk to my inner child and I see what's going on first and foremost. I have a daily practice for example, that really helps to ground me in and helps to keep me, you know, quote unquote, in a great high vibe place, you know, more often than none, because I commit that time to myself and know what practices really nourish my soul and really help me to feel as high vibe as possible. But, you know, even on those bad days, even on those days where I'm not feeling all high vibe and spiritual queen self, I honor that. And I'm like, okay, today's a rest day. Today's a day where I need to honor myself. And that is the most loving and healed thing I can do for myself, which is a true spiritual queen thing to do because every queen needs to rest, right? Every queen needs to honor herself. So, you know, it's it's really about giving yourself what you need in any moment. It's about maintaining that momentum with your spiritual practices. So if you don't have a daily practice, highly recommend it. Gratitude is the best attitude and the best thing to do every single morning as a quick tip. And then really just adding in anything else that feels good to you, that nourishes your soul. Maybe that's a bit of yoga or stretching. Maybe that's a bit of face yoga. Maybe that is, you know, some journaling or some affirmations or something like that. So it's really just creating that self loving time for yourself each and every day in whatever way that looks like to help nourish and maintain, you know, feeling good and feeling in the best place possible. Because when you do that, when things do happen where challenges arise or an adversity happens, or you think, oh my God, like how am I going to cope with this? that daily practice will be your saving grace. It helps to ground you. It helps to really just help you to be present. And I really notice when I don't do my daily practice, it's very uncommon that I don't do it. But in the days that I do, sometimes I notice it. And I noticed that I will then be shaken a bit more than I would on the days that I have done it. So even just having consistency with yourself in that self-loving way is so great for navigating life and helping you to manifest and helping you to feel high vibe. Love that. That's amazing. And before we finish, let's take it onto a completely different note. And I want to know about you and Bridgerton. So I see <laughs> stories I think you're probably the biggest Bridgerton fan in the whole of the world (laughs) you are you are so into it tell me why you love it so much because I really love it too but I'm probably not as big a fan as you are you know what it's so funny and I'm glad you've asked this question because I love talking about it as you know but it just started off as a bit of a joke because you know I watch Netflix like we all do and obviously you know it was at the time the biggest ranking show on Netflix so obviously like everybody was watching it and at first like I'm I, I loved Downton Abbey when it was out I have always loved a good Regency um, film or series so I was a big Downton Abbey fan when it was on but I think I kind of lost touch with that so when Bridgeton came out it was almost like that breath of fresh air of modern Regency 
but really cool Regency and like the music and the cast and just the storylines. Like I'd never heard of Julia Quinn before or the series. So I had no idea of what it was about before, nothing. So I had no sort of like expectations going in, but I just fell in love with it. And I think all of us, cause it came out, what was it? December, 2020. So we were in lockdown again. So I think a lot of us at that time on Christmas day as well, were like, we need something good. <laughs> um, so it was a blessing to us all that Bridgerton came out and I just fell in love with it and became a little bit obsessed with it so I read the books after that and I've loved her books as well highly recommend them because they're so good and you get so much more from them that the tv shows don't always convey I'm absolutely obsessed with Anthony Bridgerton I think that's very clear <laughs> from my Instagram <laughs> love that I love that and actually live because you know I live in Bath so I've lived in Bath for gosh since I was 18 and I'm 40 now so a long time 22 years um but they're filming it here again so all the time streets are closed at the moment filming at Bridgerton and I was driving past and I could see them filming so I promised myself next time I'm walking past and they're filming I'm going to take a couple of sneaky photos and I'll send them through to you (laughs) bit of behind the scenes got so bad that I've even me and my followers have created a what do we call it Bridgertonality group on Facebook spirituality and Bridgerton (laughs) yeah these two things go together Um, this is amazing and a lot of the cast are actually really spiritual I've tried to get them on the podcast so it's a work in progress it's a manifestation but the two do go together really great and um Persuasion the new Jane Austen film that they filmed at Bath as well again um I saw them filming that last year when I came up to Bath and I thought it was Bridgerton but it wasn't it was that one and that is actually really spiritual when you watch it I was like oh okay Jane Austen I see (laughs) yeah um so yeah she was a trailblazer though you know she knew about the law of attraction before anyone was writing about the law of attraction yeah I mean it's crazy and like I came up last year for a Bridgerton tour for my birthday um and so that was really cool to go to all the sites and like take photos um and I also had a Bridgerton themed birthday party last year where we all dressed up so (laughs) I love this and do you know what's really interesting so I was chatting on another podcast I don't know if you know Amberly Lyon she's Chakra Girl yeah yeah so she came she's come on my podcast like you actually a couple of times um and she's a really big Real Housewives fan and so am I as well and we're actually talking about it and saying when you're doing all the deep work that we all are not only on a professional level but definitely on a personal level sometimes you need that little bit of escape so she always talks about you know being like in a 5d vibe um and she was saying actually watching real housewives and immersing yourself almost into that 3d world in many ways is actually such a good break from constantly doing the work so to speak and I thought that that was actually really interesting and that's probably why I am such a big Real Housewives fan because many people are really surprised they're like Danielle really you're like into your yoga and spirituality and like you know I don't drink or smoke I don't have any sort of device um devices any vices like that but reality tv is my thing and I think you have to have that thing you have to have that escape to an extent um and that might be also you know a reason why you're sort of really into Bridgerton although you say it does have that spiritual aspect in it which I love um which is amazing but sometimes maybe you do need that little bit of escape that little bit of Netflix time away from doing all the inner work and and the healing and being healed and maintaining that 
hundred percent. You've got to be human. Like I think <laughs> I had um, a client come to me the other day who was like telling me all the things she's doing. She's like very star CD, very 5D, all of that. And like, I love all of that, but that's not what I teach. But yeah. I know, I know that stuff. So I knew what she was on about. And, you know, I was saying, you've just got a human for a bit. The reason why you're feeling so ungrounded is because you're so up there doing all of this stuff and like so in the spiritual realms and healing and inner work that you do just sometimes need to just laugh about the most silliest things. Like sometimes you do just need to like, you know, for me, it's hanging out with my God kids and just being around that energy of really just, it's so grounding. And Bridgeton exactly is that for me. Kardashians is my guilty pleasure. Exactly. Love the Kardashians. Yes. And example, the singer is also my vice as well, because I've loved his music. He's another one of my obsessions for like 15 years of my life now. And I was going to his gigs when I was 15 and people don't understand how I can be so spiritual and do all that I do and be obsessed with example and raves. And I'm like, if you listen to his music, people are like, oh, but it's so negative, Emma. And he swears. And I'm like, but you do you. Like if that is what brings you closer to joy and happiness and love, like that's all that matters. And for me, I don't see his music as negative. Like when I was in those dark spaces of depression and things like that, yeah, like it was an outlet for like, this song is really hitting me at a level that I know. Whereas now it's like, I see it in such a different light where it raises my vibes and it's just so much fun to go and be at a rave and feel young and, you know, all of those things. So uh, yeah, I think, you know, whatever your vice is, whatever your quote unquote guilty pleasures are, like sometimes don't feel guilty about it, just enjoy it. Exactly. And I do think we're in a new paradigm now. And I think that women like us collectively are sort of saying that actually you can be a spiritual woman, but you can be a businesswoman and you can teach these deep things and do this deep work, but you can also love TV and music and fashion and you can really help and make a difference to people but you can also really love nice luxury things for yourself and experiences so I think that we are in such a different and new and exciting paradigm now and I think that that like when we move into any new paradigm within this world we're in within this lifetime we're in at the moment or any others there's always going to be people that are like hang on but that doesn't fit into the box that I expected you to be in or I expected that subject matter to be in but I think the more that we can speak out about all these different polarities we have within us the more it's going to give other people and particularly other women permission that you can do both and you can be both because I think that particularly the spiritual world used to be sort of and the yoga world definitely you know because I've I've seen the world yoga world over the last sort of 20 years really really develop and change and I think that it used to be very much if you were a yoga then you're one type of person and you like certain things and you couldn't sort of veer from that you couldn't you know wear an amazing yoga kit and you couldn't buy yourself a designer handbag because actually you were a yogi but that is changing and I'm excited to see that change Absolutely. And I think, you know, that was a massive part of my healing journey was releasing so many identities that society placed on me, on all of us. 
and learning that actually I don't have to be defined by what society expects of me. I don't, like you said, all these incredible examples, so many spiritual people feel. And I think I felt like that when I first, you know, rebranded into spiritual queen and went along this journey. I was like, right, well, I can't wear that because people are going to like frown upon that, that that's designer, or I can't wear that because it doesn't look quote unquote spiritual enough. Whereas now I'm like, heck, I'm going to wear whatever I want because it doesn't matter whether you are wearing a 10 pound Primark top or a 400 pound Gucci top or whatever. If it's what that person is sharing. And I think we are really shifting things like you say. And I think for me, it's actually been dropping a lot of these identities and not actually allowing myself to be labeled or categorized in a lot of things that felt so wrong to me for so long, but I didn't have the vocabulary. I didn't have the awareness of like, actually, I don't have to be that at all. I don't have to have my life look like this by a certain age, or I don't have to. And I think as I turn 30 next year, you know, I'm feeling those pressures of, oh, 30. Okay. What does this mean? Oh, well, instantly my career is going to probably drop then because I'm not going to be as wanted because I'm over that like shelf life. And then, oh my God, what's going to happen? Am I not going to be as attractive? And then how does that impact my work and my life? And, you know, all these thoughts that women feel when they cut the, you know, hit their Saturn return and turn into this, you know, 30 year old. And I think I've just got to a place already where I'm like, sod it. I'm going to be fabulous. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And no, I don't need to start thinking about children yet. No, I don't need to do any of these things that society pressures us to feel. There is time. We can do it all. And you make your own rules. You make your own pathway in life. Absolutely. And I think in many ways, it must feel like a bigger challenge for you because you've achieved so many goals and really your careers may be much, much further ahead than perhaps you ever expected all within your 20s, which is very rare. And actually many of us doing this work, that sort of that shift and that success and whether it be the book deals or the clients or the collaborations or whatever it might be came a little bit later on. And actually, you know, I know examples of women that actually it hasn't happened until later 40s, later 50s or even beyond. So many ways you must feel like oh my goodness you know I've done so much in my 20s like what's next and that must be like a a really difficult as well because I'm sure many people look at you and they can't actually believe you're what like 28 29 um you know not obviously because of the way you look because you look gorgeous and you look your age if not younger um but because of all you've achieved so I can imagine that that turning 30 has so many stories attached to it for you but I mean, I as I as I speak to you and as I hear from you, I just believe in my heart that your thirties are going to bring even more amazing opportunities and experiences for you, and such an amazing journey and ride. And with my own experience, I know as I've gone into each decade, so I've gone into my thirties and now gone into my forties, I just got to know myself even better and felt so much more grounded in who I am and secure in who I am. So I'm sure you're going to love those stages as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all an adventure. And, you know, it's all about learning, as you say, like, you know, I don't think I fear it as much as I used to. And I think it's really interesting because I started my spiritual journey in business when I was 22, 23. Um, So at that point, it was really interesting because I always felt too young and no one would take me seriously because of my age. And then it's like, I then hit this point where I'm like, oh, okay. So now that whole dynamics changed. There are so many young people in their early 20s 
teaching, authors, everything now that now I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be too old. (laughs) So it's interesting how it shifts, even by just a few years where you've like told yourself that story of, oh my God, do people take me seriously? Am I old enough? Like, are people going to think I'm too young to talk about all of this? And then you're almost like that 30 societal conditioning comes in and you're like, whoa, okay, I have so much to unpack here. So yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, for anybody, it's an exciting time. It's going to be full of different challenges and different blessings and different things. And I think that's the beauty of life. It's all part of those cycles of, you know, my twenties has been so career focused and amazing in so many ways, which I'm so grateful for. So I'm like, right, my thirties is about me. It's about enjoying the fruits of my labor. It's about having fun and making those memories without the pressure of career or, you know, like things like that. Love that. That's amazing. So let us know where people can find out more about you, where they can pre-order your book, how they can follow you on social media. Yes. Well, of course, if you've enjoyed the conversation, then come and let me know um, on my Instagram at I am Emma Mumford. I'm on all platforms like TikTok, Facebook, everything you can think of, YouTube at I am Emma Mumford. So I've got my podcast, which Daniela's come on as well, which is called Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. And that's available anywhere that you can listen to podcasts on. Um, So yeah, so if you want to learn a bit more about the law of attraction or anything has tickled your fancy from today, then obviously I've got my YouTube, my podcast and like tons of resources and videos and hours of stuff you can dive into um but hurt healing healed comes out on the 11th of october um you can get it from anywhere that sells books worldwide in audiobook ebook and paperback and yeah i hope it really serves you i hope you all enjoy it and i hope you have fun doing the inner work as well because i know it can feel quite uh, there's almost like a stigma that it can feel quite heavy and a bit serious but yeah this book is definitely not that it is bringing it into your life in a fun and practical way I love that, Emma. Thank you so much. It's always amazing chatting to you. I really appreciate it. Oh, you too. Thank you so much, Danielle. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.